0: Hello, Welcome Cow, Baldy Red. Something a bit different today as we look at what it's like to make it in Nottingham Forest and the challenge it presents to a young man from relative fame and money to trying to make sure your dream isn't a short-lived one. Do you want me to discuss that as a man who has made the breakthrough and inspired this episode in Lewis McGugan? Lewis, good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Good, good. Good to have you back with us. And returning to the podcast is former Forest Academy Director and current Liverpool Assistant Academy Director Nick Marshall to give us the football club and coach's perspective. Nick, are you well? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Yes, good. Good to have you both back with us. Um, there's an earlier episode with Nick on his uh, forest career that I'll put in the comments, and one with Lewis as well, Though obviously Lewis is a regular with us, but I'll uh, send people that direction. Um, so, like I was saying, Lewis, this episode kind of came about after our live show, when you were regaling us with a few stories about your career, some which are repeatable and some which probably aren't on here, and that's fair enough. But it, was, it struck me and Greg and Mikey who sat with you, like as fans, we don't really understand what it's like to make it as a player. We just see you suddenly appear from the youth team on the pitch and expect you to be brilliant and don't understand when things go wrong. So we're going to kind of try and break that down. Um, what was it like for you from that personal experience of making your debut and suddenly... You were Lewis McGugan, who people knew and they sort of wanted a piece of you. What was that breakthrough like?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's such a long journey uh, to get to that point. And, and there's so much that happens before that. That is the kind of pinnacle and that's when kind of it really starts. But the transition, there's no real kind of blueprint. Every, uh, every player deals with it differently Good, bad, and and I think you just got to try and deal with it the best the best you can. There's no right or wrong way. You 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 try your best. You're learning on the job, and it is a complete difference. Is you can literally be playing in the academy and playing kind of week in week out and have a little bit of a of a a name and a reputation. But once you play on the, play in front of them people, and you walk onto that city ground. It's like overnight everything changes, and you're now in a big city and a football city, what, what Nottingham is. When you play for Nottingham Forest, it's it's literally uh, the spotlights
0: on you. Was there a particular example where you where something was different? I think you mentioned to us, like walking into a pub and people looking at you, which is kind of an obvious one, but, you know, out with your mates and people want to say hello and stuff like that. Was that the kind of thing where you realised something different was happening here?
1: Yeah, I, it's always, like I said, you're around the football club. Uh, so much, and you see the fans, and you see the as growing up, especially in the youth team, you see the first team and the kind of the attention that they get. So you're not kind of you you are you understand what it what it is and what will happen. But once that's you and you're experiencing that, it's uh, it is it's it's really strange. I there's a few examples, and it's always an example that I use. It's like especially even at at the nightlife and going into the city, it's like you go from kind of not really going out and just being one before you go into a a bar or into a club. And at times, it's like the whole club just stands still and everything, it's like the spotlights on you and the group. and, And especially when I used to go out with it, we was a lot of the first team players went out together. So the spotlight is on there. And there are just a few examples of, Of how it completely changes overnight and luckily enough then this the camera phones and stuff like that and social media it was just starting to starting to happen but it's nothing like it is now and and it's just at that point where you see a lot of players they're just better off staying in and staying indoors and because that way you just kind of stay out of the limelight and uh, it's probably the best way to deal with it does that
0: ring true for you nick not walking to a bar and the pub stopping when you walk in, but in terms, definitely
2: of, never happened.
0: <laughs> in terms of what what happened with players you coached at, at Forest and now at Liverpool, that kind of shock or, or, and transition to the first team, you know, every player's different, but is Lewis's story kind of a familiar one?
2: Well, certainly, that, yeah, absolutely. And he's 100% right that it is different for each person, but that story he's just spoke about now, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We've just we just had Trent had a chat to our uh, our scholars, and then after that, because I knew I was doing this, I spoke to Jay Spearing. And Jay Spearing's a month older than you, but a month younger than you, Lou. And he yeah. told me he told me almost it's amazing, almost exactly the same story. He he, he went out for a meal, and uh, this is after making his debut, and suddenly he went from I mean nobody really noticing him to Evertonians like spitting at him and calling him this and calling him that. Liverpool fans wanting to speak to him, uh, so it's a hundred percent something that you almost can't prepare people for that because an, it, it's an experience, it's not something you say, Well, this might happen, and when you do this, this is you have to experience. It. I mean, football is very different now in that they, they don't really go out, they can't go out, they can't do what the, the lads used to do, you know. I, I was still quite young when I first came to Magic so sometimes I'd, I'd be out and I'd see the lads out. Uh, I'd see the first team lads out, and I'd see some of the older U team, uh, you know, eighteen and nineteen-year-olds out. you be like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, so that doesn't happen anymore. But yeah, I mean, it's something that it's very, very difficult to describe. I mean, I, I've not been through it, but speaking to people, they all say the same. It's that have done it. It's just a complete turnaround. Uh, Jay actually said to me, he said, uh, "Fans miss that." Although there's an unbelievable massive rewards, it's actually quite lonely uh it's not normal uh and it's and it's and it's difficult he said
0: did you ever find that loneliness Lewis I don't know what support network you had around you, but is that something that rings true
1: yeah I think uh it's you can have the best support network around you I think it still is lonely because at the end of the day, especially when you're coming in and you break into the first team, you have to understand that most people your age are not experiencing anything that you're experiencing. Uh, You can't have that normal dialogue. You can't. Everything changes. And going through uh, the youth team in the academy, that is all spoke about how things were changing. how you can't do things that your friends were doing. Leaving that age when you're leaving school and everything, you have to sacrifice so much. So, at times, you're aware of all, always you're different. And that's the thing. What you sometimes people don't see like you're, you're, you're different because you have to be different because you have to sacrifice so much to try and be the best you can be. So your life is completely different. But going through them early stages, 17, 18, 19, you've just, you got no life experience in terms of that side. You, you don't know what to, what, what to do. The football side is, is, Really hard to deal with, I think it's harder when you leave the training ground and you're in that kind of public eye and you're in that normal everyday space because that's something what's completely different when you're in the football club everything's kind of you're in an institution really and you're you kind of everything's being done for you you're literally you train you go back to at that time, which was the digs which where the players lived and and you and you're kind of in between you're in with everyone else. It's when you have to go on in into the normal real world and normal people. And that's when it's sometimes harder to, to function. And sometimes you have to learn from mistakes and you have to learn from experiences how to then deal with, deal with the next ones better.
0: Is that something you have to do at Liverpool? And is this something that's changing the game, Nick, that you have to prepare these young men for life away from the training ground as much as making players out of them then?
2: You can try, but I, I completely agree with Lewis. I think you've, you know, and again, I mean, Trent's just spoken about it to our, our, our players. I think really experiences is the key. You can talk to you in your face. I can sit down with you, Matt, or I can bring somebody from the SAS and he can talk to you about how you have to do this and do that. And this is the run you're going to have to do and you're going to have to go and do some kind of endurance test and stuff. And you can have a psychological... Until you actually experience that, really none of us have got a clue how yeah. that is and how to cope with it. Uh, I often, uh, often say to parents uh, uh, that we deal with now that it's, people don't understand that how unique football is for these young kids. I mean, Lou made dead before he was 18, so he's not, he's not even a, legally an adult at that time. Now, I know I didn't grow up till I was 25. And if I want to be a doctor or a lawyer, it's probably going to take me until 24, 25 to qualify to do that elite job that isn't in the eye of everybody these young people are, are, are in the eye and doing something that everybody would like to do you know in lucy's case at 17. how do you how do you how do you teach somebody to be able to cope with that it's very very difficult it's, it's the, like Lucy's mentioned before it's a support network around them but every kid deals with it in a different way uh i think it's really difficult and i think it's possibly one of the key defining things that 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 means that some players go on and have careers where they play 300 games like Lewis did or 500 games or or there's plenty of experience of people who have made their debut in the next big thing and then they kind of fall off the cliff because they can't deal with these things that we, we're speaking about now. And yes, there's more support now because academies aren't like five, 10 people like we had. You know, there's 70, 80 people at some clubs or 15, 20 people. So there is more support. But I still think... Ultimately, it's going to come down to the, the boy's ability to uh, learn from experience, as learn from mistakes, and then move on. Hopefully, with some support. But this is a lot harder than people think it is. People just see kids going playing football, think, "Oh, I could do that. I, I love playing football. This is a this is a doddle." Mm-hmm. And it absolutely has now got so much admiration for for these young men.
0: Um, going back to loneliness. Is there? This is a, a looser sense of the word, Lewis, But you walk into the dressing room, and you're one young kid. And I guess you'd have trained with the first team, but now you're a threat to some senior players' places. Is that a kind of a lonely position to be in, trying to fit in there when they know you? Some of those players, you're gunning for them in a sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's just the
0: the, the nature of the beast, really. I think that
1: as a as a young player, and as a, when I then was lucky enough to to kind of play and make my debut and then become a senior player, things like that you remember, and you remember the senior players that kind of made sure they know your name. They took the they took the time out to ask you how you was. And listen, you get some senior players that 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 went the different way and they kind of tried to bully or intimidate you and that's just part and parcel of life and, and something that you've got to deal with. But the ones that try to try to do it and and, and normally I, I have always spoke about personal experience, like Marlon Harewood. Marlon was brilliant around the football club, and he was that person. But it's you always kind of the ones who have been, the ones who have been through that academy process, the ones who have been there. They always realise what kind of is at stake, and at that point, and that sometimes always will will help. And to have even when you end up playing, and you and you're playing week in week out, to have a change with good senior pros, I think it's it's really important and I think back to Nick's point about when when we're looking at making your debut at 16 17 18 and, and to deal with all these stuff I think that sometimes we forget most of the population that hey they all people go to university they go to university to let the head to have fun and to learn and they have two three four years of doing that and then it's like right okay now it's time to then look at my career and branch off and now I'm going to, we can't do that. We didn't, you don't have that opportunity. It's like, as Nick said, it's like 17. It's like, right, you're playing in men's football in front of all these people in this spotlight. Now deal with it. But also I think what people sometimes don't see is that most players that have come through an academy for a long period of time, they never had a childhood. They never, never had a normal childhood. So to so then go from that, or then straight into the men's game, which is and still not being an adult really themselves, they've had no time to to be to be a kid and to enjoy life in in a set of such that it's just been so serious from that point. So it's it, it's such a it's such a tough kind of thing to deal with. I also think, which is a big, is the football club that you are coming through. No, and sometimes it makes difference. And my example is you look at Liverpool, you look at Everton, you look at Nottingham Forest. The city that is everything. That is like I for example, I went to Watford, and no disrespect to Watford, but in London, you just there's so much going on. You can sometimes go kind of for a blind eye, and you can kind of do get up to what you're doing, and you can go out and you can not get bothered and not get really but in Nottingham and in Liverpool. You're playing for the first team. At times, you're God, and everyone in, sees you. So I think sometimes that can have a also an added pressure with in terms of the football club that
0: you that you're coming to make your debut for. Um, another thing about time, I will ask Nick about this as well. Little like time in the day. You mentioned young kids like to go out. You know, spend their money. If you're a kid who's broken into the first team. You've got a bit of cash in your pocket, but you're only training two hours a day. Uh, is time a bit of a demon in the afternoon, in a sense of filling your day and not getting up to no good and not miss I mean, I don't. We don't know the Harry Tofflow case inside out, but you know, players can spend their money on gambling and all sorts of stuff. Was, is that a challenge for a young player as well?
2: Uh, Jay talked about that again. Jay, that's one of the without like specifically asking him. He, he he spoke about that. I do think it has changed now. I think first teams tend to be around a little bit longer. Depends on the culture of the club, and really, the culture of the club is often driven by the senior pros. And Luis mentioned that as well. I think they're huge. The senior pros in and around the young players are massive. If they're really good role models, uh, if they're if they're going to look after the kids, we're very fortunate at this place with with the, with the role models up here. They've kind of like the culture is already there, mm. so they'll be you know they they will be in uh, for training you know depends when they are training because they can train at different times now. But it's a lot longer day. But certainly it's still not a eight o'clock till get home at six o'clock day. So there still is a lot more time. And there's definitely more support now than there was. And there's more education now than there was around the different distractions. Because there are also more distractions now than, than there were before. Some of those distractions are much easier to access. So I remember, for example, Early doors, we had a player who who from the academy who, who ended up playing first team football had, a, had a, a problem with gambling. But it was quite wasn't a difficult one to spot because it'd be Steve Wigley dragging him out of the betting shop or one day, and it'd be me driving out the betting shop the other day. Well, now it can just do it in the house. Mm. So there's a lot more hidden uh, ways to spend your time not particularly productively, which is which makes it harder. But they are in. Around more and the and the spotlight is even higher now uh, than it was then and it was still massive, like uh, losers completely right in Nottingham, Liverpool, two cities that are just obsessed with football. Mm. Uh, it's very difficult to get away with anything, but that player twenty-five, thirty years ago couldn't do what he did now, but he doesn't need mm. to because
0: he just do it online. Mm. Did you find that, Lewis, before you before you had kids and you were, you know, free and single, just filling your time. And not getting stuck in your own head—is that a problem?
1: Uh, I think, in the terms of the early stages, you 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 don't really know anything different but football. So you you'd always try, and everything will be around football. I think the big thing, as 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 Nick will know, was the digs and where the players lived. I think that was that was a, a real big thing, and I think that as a football club that made so many. Of the, of the players and it and it got them to grow up quicker and it, it things like that. But after training, instead of then everyone going and doing their own thing, you go into a to a house and you had a lot of your other teammates and whether it was computer, whether, but it was everyone was still together. So that time away at, at that point, when I was growing up, sometimes you didn't have it. And back to Nick's point nowadays, kind of everyone is doing their different thing and, everything is so accessible from a phone. It's so hard to pinpoint these things and trying to sometimes stop them. And sometimes as players and sometimes as, as being in a youth team, you can, you can spot them from your teammates and you can sometimes notice that that doesn't add up or people's behavior doesn't really sound like it's going in the right direction, but it's at that point, it's, everyone feels like it's dog eat dog so if someone's going down that path that sometimes makes it easier for you to 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 get noticed than being a team so i think it's a i think it's a real hard situation to, to to keep on top of and i think as uh as life moves on as kind of technology moves on and and all these things i think it's it's becoming more difficult by the day
2: Mm. How does a young player? How does a young player let their hair down? Is the question I'd ask fans watching this. Uh, fans expect we're paying their wages; they should just go out and, and be completely professional. And I'd say to all those fans, well, what were you like at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen? How did you let your head? How do you let your head down? They're human beings; they've got to be able to do that somehow. Uh, and certainly, there's a lot of things that they can't do. All their friends are, are off doing their bits and pieces, and um, they necessarily can't do that. So. How, it, this is not easy. This is not easy. I know it seems easy, and it's oh well, they're just playing football. But that's that's not the case. And there's, like I said, there's been many a player that's that's you know not achieved their potential because of, of these things. There's, and there's players that have achieved the potential and then have really struggled later on in life, mm. uh, whether they're still in their playing careers or or, or afterwards as well. It's it, it's tough.
0: A mm. dig's mm. still a thing, Nick? Do you have them even at Liverpool? No,
2: and I know at Forest they they, they everybody goes out into house parents, and, and there's pros and cons of each approach. You know, I guess the approach of having digs, it was, I really liked it most of the time because there were many I <laughs> like it. So I'm trying to relax. I'm getting phone calls off, off one of the, one of, the, one of the, Can you come round on? That's a pain in the arse, uh, and, I, and I and I and 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 it doesn't mean that they, they they can't kind of let their hair down and they're completely surrounded by the same set of people the whole time so there were pros and they were and there were cons of it uh but I think it, i think' not anymore
1: yeah I think a big thing with that is like I said it's like everything times have changed and, and 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 back then that was something like that was really now I don't it's just it's just you can't really work like that and I know a lot of clubs if they still do it they still do the house housing where it's kind of one or two. Lads would go into a into a family and 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 do it that way and that also brings kind of sometimes a bit of pressure on on the family who's who's bringing them in because obviously they're they're in control of them and they're they're there to look after them and like any parent when you uh kind of ex your your child to to someone else you expect them to to take to take full responsibility and take care of them and, and it, it's like as like Nick said. There's so many so many pros and cons of of it all. You just at that time uh, and that stage in in life, would, is that kind of was that the was that the best way to to keep kind of under control as as much as possible? But it's uh, I think it's just based on opinions, really.
2: I liked it because because that Lou. I liked it because I I did know that there were. Going to be, they might not be eating it, but they'll be given the kind of the right food and they've been at the right time and all those sort of things. So, I liked it in that regard, but I do look back and go, Did they miss something out? Did they miss something out childhood wise? You know, as Louis said, it's this is the, the, the kids now, you know, kids now are in academies from five years of age. I think we spoke about this last time. It's a long old journey. Is there a whole identity formed around, around football? If you then go and make it, that's that. that that might be okay but i still think even in that case they need to be kids and they need to let their hair down uh and, and i do think the there's, there's a lot of mental health issues around that we have to be careful of as well so interesting when you go abroad the digs thing is is very very common hmm. Hmm. education digs school uh football club go out uh, and, then, and then and then do it again and do it again do it again and if a few people fall off the wagon because of that then not really a big deal whereas mm-hmm. here we're much more aware of you know safeguarding mental health that sort of stuff but it's but you're always going to get those issues to an extent because it is so difficult
0: mm-hmm. how much has social media changed things nick because we saw like Deli alley yesterday with his gary neville interview a guy who's been absolutely pilloried on social media and i felt a bit bad about this lewis because at our live show someone said should forest sign delhi alley and we scoffed at it And I did feel a bit bad. Like, none of us know what goes on behind the curtains. So, how how much does social media change things for these young men about what's written about them, Nick, and what they write? They have to be careful about that as well. It's
2: a sea sea change. It's a a massive sea change. It will be the local paper and it'd be the Evening Post. Yeah. It'd be Radio Nottingham or it'd be Fletch on whatever century or whatever it used to be in those Mm -hmm. days. Uh, And they can't go anywhere now because everybody's got a video camera. On mm. the phone, they can't, you know, and, and there's some kind of like, you know, they're not human beings, so everything they do has got to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, it's going to get filmed, it's going to get put on social media. And we can say those old fellas can turn around and go wide, even on social media, but actually, that's a big part of their profile. And, you know, the rapist love on social media might even manage their social media accounts. So uh, I think it's been a, it's a, it's a sea change and it, it, it makes the position even more lonely.
0: Mm. Mm. Do you tell them to stay off it? If they can, or like you say, is it too much? It's just such a part of life now that's not really fair. So we would educate.
2: We we, we wouldn't say to them to stay off it. We would educate them around what it can be used, for, what it can be used for, and and we would suggest in terms of what they use it for, uh, and a lot of a lot of education around what you what you what you post on social media. But we would mm. say that to our, you know the parents of our some of our schoolboys, and you know we'll have you'll see. 11, 10-year-olds with social media profiles, of like 6 million people on Instagram. We had, a boy mm. in our pre, we had a boy in our pre-academy who was 7 or 8 years of age. I think he had about 10 million followers. Now, my personal opinion, not necessarily the club's opinion, my personal opinion, I think the club might agree, but that's for them, is that that's madness. Mm. Because the pressure you're building up on that young player is, is enormous. But we can't, we're not their parents.
0: Mm. No, that's not healthy at all um social media wasn't really around when you were breaking through but it was around when you were playing regularly in the first team lewis how did that influence you and also did the did the local media wind you up with the player ratings and stuff like that did you take all that to heart the the player ratings
1: ratings previously and stuff like that my throughout my career nick will know very well my biggest critic was my dad and 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 and, 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 if, <laughs> and if uh so I, I i never looked at stuff like that that was kind of i had that kind of i always had that opinion of myself uh, over the time i knew if i play well i knew if i didn't play well i was that mm-hmm. kind of honesty around it i think some players sometimes they look at the player ratings and sometimes that can get into the head and stuff like that in the in <sighs> Like back to next point, it, it, I, I see now, and it, I see some eight, nine, ten-year-olds. They've got their own Instagram pages, and they've got this and that. And I'm just from my point of view. I I look at it. Do I agree with it? No. But I agree from a standpoint I don't agree from a standpoint of I. I understand how hard it is to get there. I understand how hard it is to make that journey. And I think sometimes. As parents, I think that within the they're they, they're probably sometimes getting on this social media bandwagon, but they're not understanding what they're doing and the pressure they're building up and the chances of, of the other end, as harsh as may seem, it's so little that people make it. It's how then do you deal with that? How then they recover from that? And how can you, as a parent, are you ready to have maybe that conversation and to go through that period of to get them back because at that point in time, that's all they do. They play football every day. They think about football. They watch football. And in their, in their head, like my head, like any, is that they want to be a professional footballer. The reality is, for, for, for so many, it, it never happens. And can you have that, that, that honesty? And can you have that... And it's hard as a parent, and speaking as a parent, because all you want is the best for your children. But sometimes... You have to use your experience, and I've said it before. Do I want my Do I want my children to to be professional footballers? I'm not gonna ever stop them, but I'm also I don't want I don't want to push them into that avenue because I honest I, I know what it can do. I know the industry what it is. I it's it's so I think everyone just sees the cars, the houses, the lifestyle, the publicity. But as you can tell, and obviously we're talking about Dele Ali's interview, there's so much kind of Monday to Friday that nobody sees. There's so much that people are going through. And the biggest thing about football, what I always say to people is that, and with Len coming into social media, if that most people, if they have a bad day at work or if they have a bad performance at work, once they leave work, no one knows. Mm. Nobody knows about it. They can go home. They can be around their, their, their friends. They can go out over the weekend. They could have been sacked from their job on the Friday. Nobody knows if they don't want to take. Whereas in football and in sport, and now social media, within an hour, it's everywhere. So you haven't even digested it, whatever that may be. You haven't even digested it or dealt with it. But everyone else, so everywhere you go has an opinion and they're only going to have an opinion of what that media story is. Whether that's right or wrong, it's only going to be that side. So straight away, so many people are going to have a perception of a situation, what's happened. And it could be totally, totally wrong, but that's the perception they've got of you at that point in time. So that's when it comes to the loneliness, where it comes to the point where, do you know what? It's best for me to just stay in. It's best for me just to close the curtains, stay in, because of that way, I can be in control and that's why you find so many players suffering from depression and mental health and anxiety, because within a football career you have no real control, especially even more the social media comes in. So the at home or in their safe place when it's just them, that's the most place
0: that they feel in control of their of their life. Mm. How much, Nick, can you do to prepare a person for this? I kind of, I, I always come back to Trent for you because he's such a big player and the level of scrutiny he gets for, you know, is, can he defend is just insane. You know, he wouldn't get that at other football clubs. You know, Nico Williams doesn't get that at Forest when well, he does off fans, but not from the media and every Twitter account in the world. How much can you as Liverpool Football Club prepare him or Curtis Jones or... Um, Harvey Elliott, I know he came from a different club, but how much can you prepare them for all this? All you can do is you can, you can talk to them about these are some things that might happen and you can
2: hope that they have a real strong influence in their life that will direct them in a certain certain way. And that might be somebody from the club. It might be a parent. Okay, so for Louis, it was his dad. For Trent, it's his mum. Hmm. Uh, the support network, I always think the support network around the player is is absolutely vital. Support network has got to be so strong, uh, and if they've got a really good support network, it makes it much easier for them. And I think Trent's been fortunate that he's got an incredible support network around him, in that he's got an unbelievable relationship with his mum, his family, a few key members at the football club. That it almost provides a bubble around him, and but also his personality type is such that. Uh, that, that helps him, doesn't he? it's, not, you know, it's easy for him. And I, I often wonder is, is football now in a situation where there's a certain personality type that can play? So if you think about the types that played in and around the, you know, the glory years of, of Forrest in you know, 79, 80, and I, I wonder if those people would actually quite struggle now with all the scrutiny and all the things around them and all the expectations, and they were unbelievable players. And maybe they just adapt to it, and there's not a problem. Is football producing a, a type of personality that can cope with all this? Maybe it's that. But I do think you know we can get as many ex players in as we want to talk about talk about these things to players. Uh, what every single ex player tells us when they come in to give a talk to the players to give the benefits of their experiences. They all say, I sat in a meeting like this when I was their age and I didn't listen. And I thought, that doesn't apply that Doesn't apply to me. I'll be okay. And it's only when they've gone through it. Lewis mentioned it all about the experience. It's only when they've been through the experiences, whether that be being released, whether that be making a debut, playing in a big game, it's only when they've gone through those experiences that they actually then, oh, yeah, I get it now. So there's loads more support around now. You've got psychologists around. You've got player care people. You've got safeguarding people. You've got, you know, we've got Jay Spearing as one of our U-team coaches, but as a player coach as well. So he's been there. He's been through the system. Uh, we have mentors. We've got Steve McManaman around. We've got John Barnes around. We've got Michael Thomas around. We've got Rob Jones around. Mm. Despite all that support, we still have people who, when they go train with the first team, struggle or you know, might make three or four ga- games, and it doesn't quite work the way that you know, they want it. Maybe that's just because they can't quite reach the level. Maybe it's because they're just a bit unfortunate, and the level is so high that there's no pathway for them. Maybe they just they struggle with with the, with the, with the, with the mental aspects of it. So I do think ultimately it's down to experience uh, and giving them as much help as you can to at least it's not they've not it's not something new in terms of what they've heard about, mm. uh, but. Ultimately, like I say, we can sit down, you know, somebody could come in from the SAS and tell me all about the SAS and I can think I know everything about it. But as soon as I go in, wow, this is different. Mm. Uh, and it'd be, you know, it'd be the same in any, any walk of life. I think you have to experience it and, and then you have to, you have to be really, really good at learning from that experience. I do think a good support network and really good senior pros, when you get up there, do make a massive difference though. Mm. We're very fortunate here.
0: Um With hindsight, was the support network in place at Forest for young kids when you were there and Paul Hart was there? I know, obviously, the game's changed, society's changed, so you can't judge it by the standards that you had at that time, but now judging it in 2023, do you think, oh, I wish we had more in place back then? I, I, I think the advantage now is that I think football, life is about relationships, mm.
2: so I think... Some players here have formed really strong relationships with, with members of staff who can mentor them. And I think Trent will be one of those, particularly with our academy director and the then U team coach, Neil Critchley. Uh, and I, but then I'm not sure Curtis Jones really had that. Mm. Uh, I look back at Forest, I look at girl, well, I think Michael and Jermaine Genus, they probably had that. And I can of other players perhaps who, who didn't form a relationship. So there are more people now in football clubs, in academies, that If they don't quite click with this one or this one, they're going to they can click with this one. So I think that mm-hmm. that's the advantage now. I am not sure yet whether all the additional full time staff in the play care area in the psych- psychology. And we had a full time psych. Was, was, was we a full time psychologist when you were there, Lou. Was Chris Harwood there? No. Okay, so no. Just have, that'll just be that'll just be after. Uh, so there are more of those type of people around that perhaps have more specific. Uh, areas of expertise that can potentially help but have I seen a massive change in terms of if you look at the ratio of players who get to a position like Lewis would that be training with the first team or playing with the first team those that then go on and have a career and then that, then those that, that then fail is there a massive difference in the ratio of that now to then given all this extra support not really I think it's still about the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What there is more support for, though, is if it doesn't quite go right. You know, for example, here we've got an alumni project where anybody who signed a scholarship, become a full-time footballer, whether they just be scholars or first-team players, have got access to all these support services. I mm. think that's changed. So mm. I think the aftercare has definitely changed.
0: Mm. Um, I wanted to ask about money and the influence of money, not specifically for you, Lewis, but in general, most footballers are working-class kids. Who probably don't have so much money in their pocket, Suddenly, they're making first-team wages. Be it at Forest, be it in the well, Forest in the Premier League now, but Forest in the Championship then, and Liverpool now. Money can kind of corrupt you in a sense. Other people want your money. Other people want a piece of you. Other people are going to advise you badly. Being how big a challenge is just dealing with that change in you know your bank balance in a sense.
1: Yeah, it, it, it it's massive and. Like I say, we talk about about support network, which is key, but it's especially a big thing regarding money. It's like there's no, as your parent, parents don't know. It's very hard to then sit at, at, at your child that turns around at 17, 18, 19 and like, right, now I'm earning maybe a million pound a year. Well, most parents have not earned that money in their life. So it's very hard for them to now say, right, this is the blueprint. This is the way we need to go about this. They've never experienced money like that. So it's also then when you're looking at from a child's point of view, it's you've gone through this period of life. Your parents have done every single thing they can to try and help you get to this journey. And you've seen them over the time. You've seen them struggle. You've seen them work two jobs and whatever the, the different situations are. It's now for then you're at 17, 18, earning more money than you're, mum and dad combined. How do you then deal with that? How do you then deal with, right, what's the best way to go about it? I think money is always going to be an issue. It's always going to be a problem in, in, in football and and the kind of where does that come into on that stage. I, I feel that a big thing from my time and around my time and, and I haven't got the, when I look at, as a youth team, I think there was always a uh, there was always a massive difference, and I think that as a youth team player, you earned money, but at times you didn't uh, at times you didn't earn very good money in terms of what you was actually doing. But then the 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 jump to get to the first team that was the drive. How can I get there? I was, it's not just all about money, but it was that opportunity of getting to that level, playing in the first team, also changing my life changing my family's life and creating a different dynamic. I think sometimes now the problem is, where's the drive? I think some 17-, 18-year-olds are earning more than most first-team players outside the Premier League. Well, where's the drive? At uh, my times at Sheffield Wednesday, sometimes I play in the under-23s and there'll be 21-, 22-year-olds playing and they won't have a care in the world. And I used to be just like, you have got no ambition because at that point in time, they're getting a good wage they've got a nice car they can as we talk about social media it's in what they call it, it's in the bio now i'm a footballer everyone thinks i'm a footballer but they've got no drive they've got no drive to get to the next level because they've got it all there already they've got the are comfortable whereas if, when i was coming through and prior to that there was such a jump it was like that's where i want to be and i always say and make jokes about it of of uh Nick Will Laugh about the academy and how strict it was and how the, the rules that was done and in terms of just little things like make sure we're always tucked in, make sure we're always clean-shaven. Little things like that, it was just never allowed to wear hats, gloves, nothing like that, and joggers. Because, OK, you looked at the third team and you looked across the training pitch and you seen that and you thought, that's what comes with making that level. All them other stuff, you 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 arrive at that level you're now playing for the first team and them little things that's what that's what that's what you've now earned whereas now you see 16 year olds they're acting like first team players mm-hmm. and and it's that's the point so when we talk about money i think it's totally changed in the sense that players can earn so much more without even kicking a football for the first team so where is the drive where is the then the next stage because yeah okay you can earn more money. But at that stage, when you're earning such a substantial amount, the, 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 yeah, you can earn more money, but there's it's, it's not that drive. Whereas when I was in the youth team, the difference, as, as I'm sure Nick will elaborate on, the difference was so vast. We was playing in the youth team. We was That was our job. But at times, and I know it sounds mad, sometimes our friends, what would probably work at Tesco, at times would earn more money than what we was doing playing in the youth team which is some people would think that sounds crazy, but that's what it was because it was a scholarship at that point in time. But it was like, right, now I want to get to this next level. That's my drive because all these other things come with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want it to sound like a worries me conversation when there's people, you know, can't pay their mortgage and stuff like that. But Nick, I'm talking about, like, and Lewis talking about how, what money can do to change a person rapidly, I suppose, as well.
2: No, he's 100% right, by the way. and We were probably at the extreme end in terms of uh, some of those standards, and that came really from Paul. I learned that from Paul to a point of like, even checking kids' bank, bank balances, which you could never do because you never do now, mm-hmm. to make sure they were doing a, a little bit of saving. And always used to make me giggle because, right, next week, I want to see bank balances. And, so, you know, you've got to, say, £10 a week over the last 20 weeks, and suddenly a week before there was a £200 deposit in the bank that mum had done because they'd spent it all. Uh, you couldn't do any of those things now. Uh, look, footballs. If you make it as a footballer, particularly now, yeah, you're right. It's an unbelievable lifestyle. I'm sure there's some fans going flipping. A car. I'm just going to pay my mortgage here, and or I have to go to a food bank. And you and, and these play people, people are moaning about earning all this money. Uh, it's really just about the point that there, that it isn't easy, and there's a there's, there is a different side. It's not all it's not all cars and you know parties and all that sort of stuff that's not really parties anymore at all mm. uh, and, and and not many people can cope with that the finance thing lewis is a hundred percent correct uh we put a, we put our uh, we've actually put our place a, uh, a a wage cap on our on our young players because we think we think you can pay them to fail so what you really basically lewis is describing there is lots of kids are being paid to fail because they don't need to strive they don't need to push themselves uh, and there's a hundred percent many, many players, U team players at quite a few big clubs that will be earning more money per week than players in the championship, and mm. even players at the bottom end of the of the Premier League, uh, and that is definitely a worry. Mm. What I would say is, for the parents, very, very difficult if you're offered that to say now because mm. that could be money that buys your child a house and sets them up for life and if they're sensible about it, it's fantastic. I don't think it makes, it doesn't much great a great deal of good in the terms of the football but that's a new thing that's come in in the last 10, 15 years. I mean, you know, we've definitely, we, even at Forest, we, we lost players that, like Patrick Bamford, you know, going from the sort of wages you earned, Lou, a little bit more maybe but not much more uh, when he was 18 to going to Chelsea and earning Probably about 50 times that amount of money so it's not it's not a new phenomenon but it's been around for a while but it's certainly a problem for players uh and dealing with that is massive because again you come from working class family exactly like lewis is describing some of you earning more money than, than your family how do you how do you cope with that and again yeah. i think that's that is again goes back to the relationships you form whether that be somebody at the club maybe there's a financial advisor that the club puts in front of a player maybe there's an agent in the background saying well don't trust that person because we'll do it and maybe they can do it maybe the family want to do it uh but if that person's really good uh and has got the kids best interest at heart that's huge again I'll just go back to support network and it might only be one person it might only be a parent but the support network around them is absolutely key and it's no difference when it comes to finances
0: Mm. So you don't have seventeen-year-olds driving Lamborghinis at Liverpool. That would be. They wouldn't a be. It, except,
2: you know what? You know what? It's fantastic because we have the same rules we used to have at Forest, mm. which is if Paul and then myself saw so them driving to that car park with uh, with a fancy car, they, they just got to drive it straight out again. In fact, like Forest, it would be okay. Let's do a little deal here that you can buy a second-hand car for two, three grand, and that's okay. But. You start driving fancy cars, you're done. And when players here in the past have driven a fancy car around to the first-team ground, the manager reinforces it, which is massive, and the first-team players will have a go at the kids. Mm-hmm. That is massive as well. That, that I said to you, that what happens when they when they move on to the first-team, the, the culture around that is hugely important in terms of supporting that kid, in terms of the values they're going to need to, to play football, not just in terms of the playing, but the stuff off the pitch as well.
0: Yeah. um, one of the, I'm conscious of the time. We've got about 10 minutes or so left. I mean, well, from listening to you in the pub, Lewis, I think it might have been Mikey who said you should be like a mentor or something like that to, to players. Is that something that you think the game lacks? Maybe it's not you doing it, but more ex-players being a point of contact for young men and trying to help them out, make sure they spend their money wisely, make sure they're mentally okay. Is that something the game's lacking, do you think?
1: Yeah, and, and it's and it's something that, that I've looked into and it helped the, the 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 hardest thing I think now, and I'm I'm sure Nick would agree is that there's so much more around these players now. There's so much you can't get near them. There's all these people advising them and all these people trying to help them. But in reality are oh, that that if they didn't if they wasn't the player that was and they they wasn't destined for this, these people wouldn't be around. They're just hangers on and they just whether that's agencies, whether that's kind of advisors whatever but there's so many players the people now to get into as I was growing up and Nick says about senior players on my journey most time your kind of first port of call or your experience was to go and find a senior pro was to go and ask a senior pro or senior pro would get hold of you and say this 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 maybe do this do that now these players aren't asking senior pros most of the time, it's their agents or their agency or someone who works for their agency and, and stuff like this and that's that's sometimes the, the most difficult I think moving forward now is that there's so much kind of noise and, and a bubble around these players there's, they haven't really got, it's really hard to get into them and, and, and get that kind of one-on-one time
0: and mm-hmm. um- I'm not going to ask you if it's right or wrong, because I am putting put you in the, that position. It's not fair. But do you see more agents, more prevalent, even in academy levels now, than you did when you were at Forest? Yeah. I mean, it's, the pr- proliferation
2: of agents across the game is is, is mad. And it's, look, clubs are part, part of the problem because, they're, they're, going back to what Lewis said about finances that the young players are getting. Uh, but yeah, what really, really worries me, I think we can come with them, if they act at 16 upwards, and there'll be some good ones, and some bad ones, uh, but we're seeing agents nine and ten. They're not allowed to, by the way. It's got to be 16 and above, and even that's mm. changing. But they will start to form relationships with kids as young as that, particularly if you have got big social media uh, following. So, yeah, it's look. It's like any other industry. So I'm not, I'm not, going, I'm going, going around after agents here because there's some very good ones, but there's equally. There's more not so good ones because there's mm. so many people and it's going to roll back a little bit because the, the, the FIFA have now made it made it harder again to become an agent. But there's a lot of people seeing the money in football and going, I love a bit of that. Mm. Uh, who are guys that got no experience uh, 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 doing it for themselves, uh, just don't know what they're doing really sometimes, mm. uh, and it's really I think it's quite worrying. I, I, we always speak here, and again, I'm sorry if I might have missed this on the last time I, I, we, we spoke, Matt, but we always speak here about a triangle of trust between the club, the player and the parents. And I think it's often difficult to get that. But if you can get that and keep it that that triangle really strong and not let too many influences into it, uh, the more chance the, the, the player's got. So the more influences, the harder. It's obvious, isn't it? There's more people telling you all different things. Uh, and there's some great examples of, 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 a, of a really good agent who I know really, really well, having a conversation with one of the ex-Forest players uh, at the time when he was playing for Forest and doing his best for the kid and trying to help him, but saying exactly the opposite to what his coach was saying. And the agent was an ex-player and the coach was an ex-player. And they both played loads of games in the Premier League. But even if you listen to, you know, Carragher and Neville at times, they'll disagree about certain things that are going on in you know, in games. If you're a young player and you've got different people saying different things to you about the football and different people saying to things about your finance and different people saying things about your social media and different people saying things about your your lifestyle, good luck when you're 17, 18, making sense of all that. So the less influencers, I always think, the better, as long as those influencers are good ones.
0: Mm, mm. Um, Just finally, I guess, for each of you, Lewis what would you like to see change now and what do you wish you had back then that you know was missing what needs to get better in the game for supporting players in, in I, I, I don't think you can ever sit there and say
1: wish I had this wish I had this. everyone's had different times and, and 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 you do the best and the football club do the best and at that time and, and what's allowed them and, and and what's the best for everyone else? And I think that I'm sure Nick will say how he did stuff not in the forest to how he does stuff now is completely different. That's that's down to experience, that's down to knowledge, knowledge over the time, it, it, it's down to being at a different football club with different kind of priorities. It's all these little things. So I think that in terms of the, the main thing is will never change is you just want the best for the young players coming up. That's that's the you want the best advice you want the best chance for them to to make it a professional footballer because that is the be all and end all yeah. i think we always talk about the after and, the, and, and and if that doesn't happen how can these players get help I, I i i think that will hopefully gets better but at the end of the day you're now not at that football club there's another person in your in your in your place and football clubs will try and help to a certain point but that will still always be the same in any workplace you you are not in that workplace anymore and there's someone else in your place that they're now trying to to take to the next stage so i think that will always be kind of that aftercare to a certain point i i I think i think social media will will now have a have a massive influence and continue to have a massive influence i just I just hope these players can can understand that it's not the it's not the the worst thing not making it. And I and I've spoke about this before Matt, in the, in the terms of what I what what when I was coming up, it was kind of you didn't make it, that was life over, that was dream over. Now, so having been in the last two and a half years in this non-league game there's actually another stage. There's a stage where you can, yeah, okay, it's not maybe full-time, but you can go and uh, earn decent money. You can go and live your footballing dream. You can play at a good standard, in a good environment, and you can still live out, okay, it might not be the dream you had, but you can still live out that football dream. And I think that when I was growing up, it was that point, it was like, have I made it? No. Speaking to a lot of friends who didn't make it, it was like, life's over. What do I do now? Do you know what I mean? And and I think if to have that outlook and there's so many opportunities now, there's so many places to still have your footballing dream. And I think that's the big key because at the end of the day, when it all starts, that's what it is. It's a dream to play football at the highest level. And I say this all the time, just because highest level is everyone's opinion. Someone when people always say, "Oh, he could have played. He should have played in the Premier League. He should have," played. but there was, he had no given right to play in the Premier League. He had no given right to play in the Championship or League One to even make professional footballer. He still played at a level. He still lived out his dream, and that dream is to play football at, at the highest level that their their capabilities have. And I think that's if they keep having that opinion and don't think I've got to be at the top. If I'm not at the top then all oh, this is worthless because it's not, it's, it's still a journey. It's
2: mm. such a difficult on that though. I I I a hundred percent agree with you. And all the time the, the messages will always be try to achieve your potential, be the best player you can be. Uh, but I don't think you can ever stop a kid from dreaming. It's so tough. They want to be the, they want to play in the premier league. And, and, you know, Trent's recently come out and done some brilliant stuff around some of his teammates who find it really, really difficult when they didn't live that. But Trent had that mindset. Trent had the mindset that this is my dream and I'm going to do it. And he was one of the ones who did do it. So it worked out for him. How do you tell another kid, don't have that dream? So we can say to we're blue in the face, which we do do, all you can do is control the controllables and become the best possible player you can be. And if you do that, you have been unbelievably successful. You should be incredibly proud of yourself. Control the things that you can control. You can't control... Trent can't control that Nathaniel Klein gets injured and gives him an opportunity. If he didn't get the opportunity, who knows where the journey might have taken him. Maybe he's exactly the same place. Maybe he's in a different place. He can't control that. But what he can control is doing everything he possibly can. It's very, very difficult. And my experience has been is how many times you say that to, to parents and players about, you know, be the best player you can be. You will still get players who, when they don't quite achieve the level they think they should be playing at, find it incredibly difficult. And this is this is a big thing in football at the moment. What I would say is there's a lot more support around now, a lot more support around there now than, than, than there was. Uh, we have an all, a whole department called the department looking after the players of the who've, who've, uh, who've perhaps not got where they wanted to or maybe they have done and now they're out of the game because that's another thing that we don't really think about the players have had a really successful careers and suddenly he's gone of their age there's quite a few examples of players very high profile players have really struggled with that so where's their support uh it's quite complicated but i listen i lose way of putting it across so I, I completely agree but again, sometimes until people have experienced it and
1: been through it, yeah. they don't get it. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. It. I'm a, I'm a look, and I know we talk about a look, and yeah, you have to do the right things. You have to, but you have to get so much luck along the way. And I'm a lucky one. I, I got to live out my dream. I got to play the city ground. But this, it's this so easy along that journey, as as Nick was privy to at the time. There's so many times along that journey that that could have gone a different different avenue
2: you want you want tackle away from having no career Lewis
1: and that's it's not nice to hear it's not nice to think about but that's the reality and that's when I I see these and, and we're seeing more that six seven eight nine just let them enjoy let them play and let oh, it's, it's the journey is so far to even get to a point of like okay I've left school now now I might look in academy there's so much what can happen in that period of time and i just think that there's so much kind of detailing they've got to be in the academy at 6 they've got to do this they've got to go all the way through from experience and from going through that period it's it's a tough childhood it's a tough tough childhood it's a, it's draining it's long and there's so much what you have to go through emotionally physically everything on that journey i just think that it's i wish that i could sometimes let people be privy to kind of what it's all about what that journey is all about and not from the outside because i i i understand from a parent point of view they want the best for their children and it's like right let me get them in there because that's where the spotlight is that's where everyone thinks they should be but it's also what does that do to the child what does that do to their their development not just as a footballer but more importantly as a person as them growing up in life like is that the best place for them to learn all these the the skills and the life skills and the and the situations and i and I, funny enough i always say i play a lot of golf now and i am around a lot of golf play a lot of tournaments i play with young pros and great players 16 17 21 20 unbelievable players But the biggest thing that I find, they struggle to have conversation because they've spent so much time on their own in this bubble of golf on my own every day, every day, every day. And that's trying to get to this top. They come out of that at 2021 and it's like in the real world and they're speaking and they're talking and they can't really hold conversations. They can't really look people in the eye. They don't know how to deal with these circumstances because what it's been from the start is golf, you're the best, turn up at a tournament, you're on your own with your caddy, you need to be the best. Finish, go home. There's no dialogue, there's no thing. So I think in terms of let them have a chance to develop as a person and hopefully the football will come at the side of that. But don't let football be the front runner. Because the biggest the,
2: thing... he's a, big, a bit of good news, Lou. And our football club has been at the forefront of campaigning for this. And we, we're quite confident that this is going to happen now. That uh, in Lou's days, you can only play for an academy when you were young. So uh, we're hoping, at least in the younger age groups, which is a good start in 19, eleven that, that the Premier League and the FA and the EFL uh, are going to allow them to play grassroots football and have a different kind of experience of football playing with the mates, less pressure and they still come, come to academies and still get a little bit of tr- get the training and still play for the academies, but they can go and have a different experience of football somewhere else. We think that's a massive step in the right direction to uh, keep the we, kids, we, so when, we, when
1: I was coming up, as you, you know, the, even the thought of if an academy, or you're playing for school, it was like, like no. I got that like, wrong, by the
2: way. I, I
1: don't was, know. Okay, no, and it's even stuff like this. What that's what like sometimes people don't see. I never played for my school. I come. I was, a, I was a footballer playing for Nottingham Forest Academy. Everyone knew a football. I was never allowed to play for my school's team. So it was all. It's also that dealing with that as a as a child. Yeah, you're supposed to be this next footballer, but you're never allowed like to play for school team. You then even when you have kind of school PE, like you're always anxious, you're always this, you're always that. And because the scrutiny of, that's how you felt as that was frowned upon. You're not allowed to play for your school. It was not allowed that. And that's literally that institution of Nottingham Forest Academy. And that was all you did. And that was all you seen. So when that stops at whatever age, how did to anyone to then deal with that? Right, now you go and play with your friends. What the ones what I want not allowed to play with for the last 10, 11 years that, I've been kept apart from. Now I've got to go and face them. And in anything, like any kid, it like, I've failed. They'll feel like they failed. So what happens is they stop playing football and they come out of the game because they'll rather do that than at that point feel like they've got the embarrassment of they've been there. That's not worked out. Well, I can't go back into that scenario. We all know what kids are like, and at that, at that age, so they end up falling out of the game. And they're they're just little things, so just hearing that, I, th- I think that is—you've got to let them have a bit of, still be connected to the to the normal everyday school environment of being with their friends because that academy lifestyle is so lonely. It's it's uh, no one else experiences that.
2: Yeah, and it's longer than it ever was, and they definitely forming their identity there. There's definitely a couple of old Nottingham uh, FA schools people that if they're still around. Oh jerry and mike would be loving hearing me say i got that one wrong because i used to go to war with them two uh but they were there was a a big move in football to reduce the number of games the kids were playing from they were playing like 80 to hundred games a year 80 to 120 games a year down to like 40 uh and the academies took over and we 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 went along with that and yeah i definitely look back on that and go yeah that was that that wasn't that wasn't right so we do allow our kids here to play for the schools and the local schools associations and hopefully next year we'll be letting them play grassroots football in the younger end as well
0: um i feel like we've only scratched the surface we could do another hour on kids football another hour on not making it another hour on what happens <laughs> when you retire <laughs> well another that's for another time i think um thanks to everyone who's watched along uh hopefully you enjoyed it hopefully it open your eyes a bit like open my eyes hearing Lewis talk about that sort of stuff in the pub, and now with Lou and Nick as well here today. Um, Lewis, thank you very much. Not a problem, Anytime. time. Uh, Nick, good to have you back. Uh, hopefully, I'll find ways to get you back on again eventually. It's good to be on,
2: and it's good to see Mr McGugan here, who I've not seen for many years, and it's great to see him uh, be on his journey and how articulate he is. How many kids you got, Lou? Two boys. Wow, yeah, yeah, in my head, all these all these ex players are always just the well, depends when I read really up big men like sixteen-year-olds or four-year-olds. They always retain that. So, yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see both of you, but but no offense, Matt. It, it's particularly good to see Lewis. <laughs>
0: No, no offense taken, no offense at all uh right, we'll be back on uh Wednesday or Thursday with the usual transfer chat um uh, when we'll probably say a player is good or rubbish, having learnt nothing from this last hour, but hopefully not uh in the meantime, have a good few days, everyone, and we shall see you soon.